1: Editor Jack here from the future. I want to give fair warning that my audio in particular is not great in this episode. Let this be a warning to not buy a cheap mic. The microphone just steadily got worse and worse and worse as I used it. I've since replaced it with a much better microphone. Going forward, hopefully I won't have these issues anymore. And Brandon and I had a great time talking about uh, music in the various bands we discussed. I hope everybody enjoys the episode and let's get on with it. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. This is your host, Jack, and I have the ADD Mind. Joining me today in our discussion of our favorite music and bands is a pretty, uh, pretty cool dude. He does all sorts of crazy things in this world. He's a, he's a DJ. He's a, a dad. He's a podcaster. He's a commentator on the local sports channel about the Oklahoma City Thunder. He uh, has an inappropriate crush on Kevin Durant. No, I'm kidding. Not really. <laughs> After he left Oklahoma City, he he was through with him. But anyway, it's Brandon Rabar. Hey, hey,
0: that was a good intro. I appreciate that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, thanks for having me on, Jack. This is cool. Oh, thanks um, for coming on. I've uh, listened to a couple of your past ones, and uh, you're doing a good job here. This is good stuff. It's kind yeah. of fun for me because you know I'm on podcasts all the time now, but they're all you know thunder basketball or nba basketball related so this is kind All of right. a cool departure for me to to talk about one of my other passions music so
1: yeah if you listen to uh, one of the epi- i think the first episode with my brother-in-law larry this is who he commented that he has been to uh, tons of concerts with oh yeah so i figured i had to have the uh, the other side of that equation on
0: yeah, so, uh, I've, I've I've been to so many concerts with Larry. I don't even know if I could list them all, and some of them I I didn't even want to go to. But but I love music so much, and uh, I enjoy hanging out with Larry. Uh, so even some of these bands, he kind of drugged me, uh, not drugged me, not like you know like Bill Cosby drugged me, but like drugged me <laughs> like by, but, but drugged me by like the feet to these concerts, and it made me go uh, Bruce Springsteen, cough cough. Uh, but yeah, so. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk to music.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you're the guest, so I'm going to uh, let you go first. I'm interested to see who you're uh, going to bring to the table here, who I can learn about.
0: Well, you know, okay, so uh, when you asked me to come up with two artists, you know, I have so many favorite artists. It's, it's hard to, you know, pinpoint if I'm going to get to talk about two of my favorite artists who I would pick. So I, I I'd like to kind of, have a theme going. So I sure. picked, picked, picked two of my favorite artists and, and my theme was the two top selling albums of all time. And, and I won't spoil the other one cause I'll talk about the other one in the, mm-hmm. in the later segment. But if you know, you know, top selling albums, you, you probably already know this, but I'll start with the number one selling album of all time is Thriller by Michael Jackson. And mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite artists, uh, you know, and there's this whole other side of Michael Jackson that's that's not the music that I won't get into. Uh, you know, I, I no comment on you know whether you know I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, no, no point in bringing that Michael. up.
0: Yeah, so so there's this whole other side, uh, you know, but we won't get to. But just purely music from a, from a music standpoint, uh, I think everyone can agree one of the most influential, one of the greatest uh, pioneers, influencers, uh, talents. Uh, of all time and, and really had yes. such a historical significance, uh, you know, in kind of bridging uh, different races when it comes to music and, and yep. genres and, and all these things and, and change the medium through video and MTV, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and he's a guy that, you know, you can trace him all the way back. He's such a fascinating study, you know, all around, obviously but but just if you focus just on music and don't even get into the other stuff he's, he's mm-hmm. such a fascinating study uh but but you know first of all i i think that if you just focus on the jackson five and you didn't even get into a solo career and that's where he became a superstar and became one of you know the most famous and successful artists of all time just the Jackson five stuff alone is worthy to be talked about. I mean, there's a
1: lot oh, of, yeah.
0: Can you imagine being stuff?
1: his, his older brother and being like my five-year-old brother is a thousand percent better at singing than I am. <laughs> right.
0: Right. No, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. Well, it's crazy because you know, he was when they they started, I mean, he, he was like five, six years old. And then, you know, when they became big, you, you know, you're talking like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old and like you said he's got teenage brothers like brothers that are like 20 years old and he is absolutely outshine him and the reason that became a big deal i mean those guys were talented but it was you know it's like saying you know to equate it to you know sports yes sure the the other players on those 90s bull teams were were talented uh you know
1: there was only but one then, Jordan, but,
0: but there's only one Michael Jordan, right? Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure, Scottie Pym was talented. Sure, Dennis Rodman was talented. I mean, and then you got—I don't know who the Tito of the of the '90s Bulls would be. Maybe like but
1: was it uh, Steve Bill, Kerr?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe Steve Kerr. Yeah, exactly. Bill, Bill Cartwright or B.J. Armstrong. But so those guys were fine, but they wouldn't have been the Jackson Five, and they wouldn't have been the right. success they were had it not been for this nine, ten-year-old prodigy. I mean, he really was a prodigy. Yeah. And, and okay, so equating it again to Michael Jordan, because I think that there's a lot of parallels there, not only their initials, MJ. When you say MJ, those initials alone are so big, but both of them are so big, nobody knows who you're talking about. You have to, you know, you're talking about Michael Jordan, you're talking about Michael Jackson. Either way, you could be talking about the GOAT. Um, right. But what's fascinating to me about those guys is pure God-given talent they may have been the greatest of all time, but what made them truly special there, there's, there's a lot of people that are talented, but they don't have the work ethic and, you know, like the, the drive and mm-hmm. w- the want to be perfect. And I think both like Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson, that's, that's what made them special. That's what made them go from these talented stars to these superstars, icons, like top five, top 10 mm-hmm. biggest icons in the world uh, was they combined that God-given talent with this pursuit of excellence and perfection and hard work. And I think that you see that in Michael Jackson. I mean, you could see, you know, it's obvious Joe Jackson, their dad, you know, obviously hammered into him, like probably abusively, like from what, from what we know. (laughs) He was Uh,
1: definitely from the same school as Ike Turner.
0: Yes. Yes. Perfect comparison. And so, you know, that was a part of it, absolutely. Um, and, and But when you see this, this child perform and you see him sing something like, uh, I want you back or, uh, mm. man, I'm going to pull up my Jackson 5 list. There's, there's so many that I like. Um, <laughs> they, they've got so many, my favorite of all time is Who's Loving You. Have you ever seen the uh, Ed Sullivan, uh, Who's Loving You that the Jackson 5 did?
1: I have, but it's been a long time.
0: Well, and my brain
1: is full of crap. So. I mean,
0: it, it, it's okay. So it's, it's Who's Loving <laughs> You, which was originally a Smokey Robinson song. right? And Smokey Robinson, of course, a, a legend himself, said that he could not believe that this, this kid was singing his song and he had more emotional depth and feeling and understanding and, and all those things of the song than he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this grown man who wrote the song but to me that's kind of time capsule all-time MJ moment like top five uh, was him performing on the Ed Sullivan show with his brothers uh, Who's Loving You it's, it's, it's a great song but but like the vocal range and delivery and talent that that MJ shows as a kid live it's just, it's just special you can just see like You know, some people you say, okay, they're talented. Okay, they're pretty good. And then some people are like, wow, they've got like whatever the it factor is, whatever it is. He had it from an early age. And then, um, you know, they had so much success between I Want You Back, ABC, The Love You Save, I'll Be There, Who's Loving You. Uh, And, of course, then he started the solo career, but he was still such a he was a teenager. And he Mm -hmm. had been they, they had four number one songs as the Jackson five. And right. they were the they were the first artists, their first four releases all went to number one. So he was already making history at this, you know, as a as a kid, as this tiny person, he's already making history. And it's so funny because you could you you think of Michael Jackson and the history seems to start to so many with off the wall, but mm-hmm. he'd already made history and had all these number one hits before that. And then, you know, as as a teenager, he sang Ben, which was
1: that's an like underrated song.
0: It is. It really is an
1: underrated yeah. song. It, it's and quite emotional, it, actually. It's it all is, about a rat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It's it's all about a rat. <laughs> and it was uh, Michael Jackson's first solo number one song. Like, how talented you got to be to be like this 13, whatever he was at the time, three-year-old kid, to sing a song about a rat, and it goes to number one. It's like a it's like a it's like a romance <laughs> song about a rat. I mean, it's really just about him being his best friend Uh, i mean it's it's pretty like heartbreaking lyrics knowing that it's about a rap but but he's so good that the song goes to number one uh on the billboard charts uh but then he 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 does this solo thing for a little while but then he goes back to the jacksons and Mm -hmm. they have some great like you know they're kind of older and they have these hits like you know dance machine uh and things like blame it on the boogie which is such a good song (laughs) and all these these great disco hits. But then you get to off the wall and that's where like things kind of started to change. I mean, that was, that's where I think that the true Michael Jackson that everybody kind of comes to know as a superstar. Yes. Thriller is the one that took him to the stratosphere, but off the wall kind of
1: became set him up under for
0: that. It did. It did. It set him up for that. And in some ways, weirdly, it, it sounds weird to say this because it's regarded as one of the greatest albums of all time. It was a huge, hit at the time it, it spawned all these great singles but it almost got forgotten about because thriller became this whole other animal uh, mm-hmm. but but off the wall had i mean don't stop till you get enough rock with you she's out of my life i mean this was a great like on its own iconic album yeah um but it but it showed what was to come with michael jackson and then yeah, you get to yeah. thrill then you get to thriller Biggest selling album of all time, right? Well, it, it mm-hmm. depends on what month you look because they keep going back and <laughs> forth. This other album and artist that I'm going to mention later, uh, you know, sometimes it's thriller, then this other one passes it, then thriller passes it again. You know, at the at the time it wasn't even close. And then if you look at worldwide, I mean, we're just talking about the US. Worldwide thriller is like all alone. It's not even close. No yeah. nothing else even touches it. But I mean, you know, thriller, you got Billy Jean and and you You got the performance, you know, Motown Live, the 25th anniversary of Motown, where he did the moonwalk for the first time in front of a live audience. And yeah, I
1: remember that. I watched that live. Back, yeah, you know, a young lad.
0: It's so funny. I'm glad you said that because it that really was like a moment in in not only musical history, but really in American history because it's it's something. This sounds ridiculous, but like Jack and like myself, if you were alive during that time. You remember, like, you know, your parents remember, like, where they were when JFK was shot or, or John Lennon and, and things like that. People remember that performance with that moonwalk on Motown Live. Then I remember, like, the next day and the next few days, like, on the news, they were, like, trying to break down the science of it, like, the physics. Like, how did he do that? Is he magical? Like, what's going on? Like, he had such this aura about him at the time. And that, yeah. kind, of, that kind of kicked off the whole almost mystical thing about Michael Jackson. there just seemed to be this magical thing about Michael Jackson. and they start, you know, the, the, all the things that he started wearing, like with all the glittery and then the gloves. Oh, yeah. And that's
1: they, parachute pants.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do oh, uh, you remember the, yeah. you remember the penny loafers?
1: Yeah. Well, of course I do. Everybody you, was trying, everybody was trying to moonwalk that next day yep. about, after about a week, there were kids pulling it off. I, yeah. I wasn't, I was not one of those kids.
0: Oh, uh, were you but, never able to to pull them move walk? Well, no, I
1: eventually got it, but um, me and rhythm and dance moves aren't—we're not like Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cups. We're not two things that go great together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another reason why I wanted to to, to talk about Michael Jackson because I've I, I've looked at some of your past and listened to some of your past episodes, and they're they're all great. But it seems like most of it's rock, and and I love rock. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was like, you yeah, know, and, and I know that Larry talked about Stevie Wonder, but I was like, let's, let's talk some, some pop and some soul and some R and B. Uh, so yeah. So Michael Jackson, this thrill album between the Billie Jean live performance in Motown and then, uh, the thriller video, which became, mm-hmm. you know, it it, cha- it was a game changer completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still regarded as the greatest music video of all time. And. Uh, you know, you got John, John Landis directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that was like must-see TV. Like you would wait, you know, I, I think any child of the eighties remember sitting around their TV, waiting for the thriller video to come on. Oh yeah. And so yeah? Uh, you have those. Uh, and then the Billie Jean video was great too. And then beat it was a huge hit. And it kind of uh, it brought together rockheads and, and R and B for, for one of the first times really and then you know it changed mtv it changed how videos were made and really oh, yeah. you know most people credit michael jackson for saving mtv because they were kind of a fledgling they they may go away they may go out of business type thing and then michael jackson came along changed music videos become of must-see tv and kind of saved mtv too and then of course i mean through the whole album i could i could talk for 10 minutes about each song on the album <laughs> it's, it's i mean it's it's one of the all-time greats i mean it's I would probably say it's probably my favorite album of all time. It's really what made me fall right. in love with music. I remember, uh, I mean, he was such an icon at the time. Like, it, if 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 you're like below thirty, I mean, like everybody knows who Michael Jackson is and and all those things. But like, if you live through that time period, mm-hmm. it, it would be like our parents living through when the Beatles and Elvis.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. like I I, I you think I have that, a
1: confession for you. You're never oh. going to guess which song off a thriller is the one that if I hear it is stuck in my head for a minimum of 30 days.
0: <laughs> okay. So it's, it's probably not one of the big three. I'm going to say it's uh, PYT. You got it. <laughs> Did I? Ah, nice. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's all. I say that because that's that to me, that's the most <laughs> underrated track. I mean, everybody loves it, but yeah. it's <laughs> such a, such a good song. I never get tired of it. Like Billy Jean, really is probably one of the great songs of all time and, and iconic. And then, but like, if I put on Thriller right now, I've, I've, I've heard Billie Jean so many times I might skip past it. I will never skip past PYT. I will always listen to PYT. I'll always listen to want to be starting something. Uh, that's that's
1: about a two week earworm when I hear want to be starting something. Yeah.
0: yeah, Not quite a month, (laughs) but two weeks. That's still pretty good. Two weeks is still pretty good. Uh, so the the album was just chock full of of all these great songs. Even so, the album had nine songs on it. Mm-hmm. Seven of those nine songs were top ten hits. I mean, that is mm-hmm. ridiculous. And the only reason that "A uh, Lady in My Life" and "Baby Be Mine" weren't top ten hits is because the album had already been out so long; they just couldn't <laughs> release anymore. I mean, like. It already been out for like three years. It been like the top of the charts forever. I mean, like he was moving on, like "We Are the World," and you know, which is yeah. a whole other you know side thing between him and Lionel Richie coming up with "We Are the World." At the yeah. time, the biggest selling you know single of the time. Uh,
1: My other he- podcast, we talk about "We Are the World." My podcast, Camilla and Jack, save the world. We were, we we've, we've known each other since elementary and in sixth grade. Our sixth grade music teacher, who wanted to be a Broadway director. Uh, our end of the year program the sixth grade we sang in unison we are the world really yeah
0: that's amazing no it was it was a huge no it was not
1: amazing huge... it was pretty bad
0: so, it was Friday, <laughs> <I can't... laughs> so did you all like did you get like the individual lines like you know like okay so you're michael jackson you're kenny rogers you're willie nelson you're pat benatar like did y'all split up uh, your tina turner or there were some just...
1: it was some but not every single solo part that was in there like oh, the okay. Michael Jackson one was, I think. And fortunately for me, I was a background singer and I just lip synced. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh, my favorite part of that song might be Cindy Lauper's part where she like, wow, wow, wow. But that song was huge. I remember, so I have a, we are the world story too. Uh, since you shared that one, uh, I remember uh, it was so big and so popular. Uh, one of my friends at the time, and we were probably, gosh, fourth grade. I'm going to say we're probably fourth or fifth fifth grade. Let's say fifth grade. Uh, (laughs) He wrote down the lyrics on pieces of paper. He wrote out all the lyrics, made all these copies, and he sold them at school. The lyrics to We Are the World, he sold for 50 cents a copy to people, and people bought them. And I remember thinking... Like you could buy a candy bar or a Coke with that, and you're buying like these handwritten lyrics of yeah, a song. You could write
1: it, you, you could write it down.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Like say, like, that's 50 cents, man. I can get I can get myself a Snickers with that. Are you kidding me? Uh, but but that's how big it was. And so, you know, Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie were the driving forces behind that. Uh, they they wrote put it all together and, and all those yes. things. But uh and then, and then you go on to bad, like thriller became the biggest selling album of all time. Uh, the Grammys, he won eight Grammys at that Grammy mm-hmm. awards that night for the, for the thriller record, which is still a record to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many things about, you know, thriller album and, and era yeah. that, that were so iconic and, and kind of put him at untouchable status. And then you go on to bad and it was considered, you know, when you look at it historically, he was trying to, you know, top thriller. And of course he, you can't do that. That's like saying, Oh, I'm Francis Ford yeah. Coppola, and I want to top The Godfather. I'm mean, like, what are you going to, like, you know, you're not going to top it. Like, hopefully you can do something that's close to that. And, of course, Godfather 2, some people say is good or better, but uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of the same movie to me. But Thriller is just its own thing. But then you mm-hmm. got uh, Bad, and it became the first album to ever have five number one singles from one album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it didn't it didn't reach the marks that, that Thriller did, but it was still humongous on its own uh, and made history. On its own, and you know you have bad. The way you make me feel, dirty Diana. I just can't stop mm-hmm. loving you. Uh, I'm just going from the top of my head. Smooth Criminal. What's crazy yeah. is Smooth Criminal uh, might be the the one that has outlasted all the rest, and it didn't actually make its number one. I think it topped out at number two. Uh, Man yeah. in the Mirror. Man in the Mirror was the other number one song.
1: Smooth I mean, Criminal it's... got help from Alien ant farm too, because it brought it back in people's mind in what 2004. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's right. Have you seen that video? Like, wow, it's
1: tons. <laughs>
0: it's it's a great video, and there's all these like references to Michael Jackson uh, in the video, and it's kind of fun to see like this like punk rock pop punk group. And they said they did it because they love Michael Jackson. I mean, he, yeah. that was this thing; his influence was so widespread. But yeah, so bad, so bad was was great too. I mean, and made history. And then you go into Dangerous, and Dangerous yeah. may be his most underrated. Album of all time, and I think mm-hmm. when you talk about Michael Jackson, there's four albums that really stand out. The in a row, the Off the Wall, Thriller, Bad, and Dangerous albums. Dangerous didn't touch what what those other ones did, but it's still on its own was was phenomenal as well because it had songs like Black or White was huge, just absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Number one hit. Then it had Remember the Time and the Closet. Will You Be There was a great song. uh So that's a great album as well. Of course, it sold millions and millions. Yeah. Um, and that dangerous tour was humongous. So to me, those are, are kind of the, the must have Michael Jackson. I mean, to me, everyone is must have. I, I honestly think that the history album was, was fantastic. It was, it was a two CD set. It was half his greatest hits and then half new material, but it had stuff like scream scream became the first single to make it to the top five. It's first week on the charts, uh, his duet with Janet Jackson. And of course that video is the most expensive video of all time. And then, uh, you are not alone which was written by r kelly that's a whole other thing uh but <laughs> yeah. that became the first song to ever uh hit number one its first week on the chart like it debuted at number one and there's been plenty of them that have done that now with streaming and the way that music yeah. is released now.
1: music's totally different than it was then yes it's it yes. not the same at all
0: yes exactly and and the way they chart sales and 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 yeah. tracks and plays and all those things is different. But at the time it was the first song to ever reach number one. It's first week on the charts. You're not alone. Uh, but then it had songs like earth song, which I would, I would just urge people to listen to songs like they don't care about us earth song, stranger, Moscow. The history album is chock full of songs that people probably haven't heard of because I was around the same time as, as, as the first, I stay like off the court, like, cause I'm related to, to football or basketball, uh, like his off the court issues. I'm telling you, I'm mm. always on these basketball podcasts. So,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, once scream and you're not alone hit, those were huge hits. And then these, you know, kind of allegations came out. So uh, there would have been a few songs I think would have been huge hits. Like they don't care about us. And earth song had that not happened. Uh, but really really good album as well it became i think at the time the top selling double album of all time and i like, i mean and then uh, his last solo album would have been the invincible cd and i honestly think it's an underrated one as well like th- there's a definite change uh it tried to be more modern and i think he tried to kind of change his sound a little bit while keeping the old michael jackson sound but like for the new generation so it sounds aesthetically much different, I think, from the from the prior songs, uh, but still a lot of really great stuff in mm-hmm. this album as well. It had the "You out My World" song, which is a really good song, and it had that video with uh, Chris Tucker and Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. And I'll just stop with the Invincible <laughs> album and and say it it's it's pretty solid. I mean, not his best work, but there's some good work on there. Some underrated stuff as well. So that is. Uh, oh, I do want to give a special shout out to Say Say Say. That was like a huge song back in the day. Uh, one of mm-hmm. two duets he did with Paul McCartney, but yes. it's on the... Paul McCartney, I think it was on the Pipes of Peace album. So it usually gets forgotten about, but it shouldn't be because that was a great song as well.
1: No, that was a great song. Yeah. That's, uh,
0: Much better than... When
1: you're working with Paul McCartney. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess John Lennon had a different viewpoint there at the end, but... <laughs>
0: Well, and and arguably, Paul McCartney, you know, Paul McCartney and MJ were kind of besties there for a little while. But then uh, Paul McCartney mentioned, hey, you should get into buying, you know, music like, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> it like writes the music. That's where the money's really at. And Michael's like, oh, I should. OK, I'll buy the Beatles. I'll buy the Beatles library then. And I guess that kind of uh, upset That's Paul.
1: Soured <laughs> the friendship a little yeah, bit. It
0: did, it did sour the friendship. I think that they. Paul sounds. A little, I've heard him talk about it in his later years, and he seems to have let it go and like kind of remember him fondly overall. But that definitely soured things, and you know, yeah, Paul didn't love that. I'll say that. I get it. Yeah. I get it from his side. I get it from MJ's side. Like, you know, it's a good business move. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, maybe don't. But I get Paul's side too. But if you
1: can, if you can afford to buy the Beatles library, you could probably do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a huge money bag. I, I'm sure that uh, that Prince and Paris and Blanket really appreciated it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. well, still, I heard still his still other choice it. was Boxcar Willie. It was either the Beatles <laughs> or Boxcar Willie flipped the coin and the Beatles won.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that thank you, uh, coin. That was, that was the greatest coin flip of all time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, greatest coin flip ever. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's just my kind of ruminations on Michael Jackson. I, I just think that you know when you're just talking music and talent and those kind of things. I mean, he, he reached a level that I really think only he, the Beatles, and Elvis ever hit. Maybe you could argue Frank Sinatra in his day. I mean, Frank was mm-hmm. was absolutely huge yeah. back in his day. Maybe you could argue. Huh, I don't. I don't feel like anybody nowadays like is even on the level like the biggest artists nowadays are like beyonce and and eminem and uh, uh, yeah, was, no, I, mean, yeah. Like, I mean like they,
1: you could throw uh, a queen in there as well
0: yeah queen queen was was huge queen was huge and actually they were in consideration for a, i actually like queen it's funny you say that if, if i had to rank my favorite artist of all time uh queen might be number two but i figured I would keep with my theme, so.
1: No, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you can always come on again to discuss music.
0: Oh, right on. Okay, I'll keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a one-and-done thing.
0: Okay, right on. I, I got plenty of artists I could talk about, so. Yeah,
1: I I do, too. That's that's why I've only, you know, talked about who I've talked about so far. <laughs> and Lionel Richie is somebody I'm eventually going to, uh, going to get to.
0: I love Lionel. Uh, I've seen him with Larry. Uh, man, he's still, even in his older age he still sounds phenomenal live he's so good i bet
1: he he's one of the more influential people in the music industry that most people don't know is as influential yes. as he is
0: yes well because he was a great songwriter as well
1: yeah.
0: like he uh, and then he had the whole all this work with the commodores that he did before he went solo so there's this whole, yeah. whole other discography then you know him and kenny rogers became best friends and he wrote all these songs yeah. for him but but Lionel, like if you were to ask me who's the greatest, like who's got the greatest discography of love songs, I might choose Lionel Richie. I, I don't know if yeah. there's anybody that writes a better love song. I mean, the, you could probably argue a few other guys, but but Lionel's yeah. up there.
1: It's a shame that uh, Barry White never sang a Lionel Richie song love song. That would have been <laughs> yeah. There'd been a lot of babies made to that song.
0: Absolutely. Anyway. When you when you combine combine <laughs> Barry White's Voice with Lionel's words. Oh, yeah. I'd go make a baby right now with that. Honey. <laughs> <An eight. laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that, Sorry, ja- we- sorry we'll Jack. Sorry, Jack. I got
1: to go. I got to go, Jack. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Serenity now. Calm down. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and jump in on what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do slightly different than normal. I'm going to do my top 10 sort of theme concept albums. Um, I know there, well, I'm sure there's tons of them out there, um, but these are my favorite. And bands that do theme concept albums tend to do them frequently, or at least the ones that I like. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So number 10 is one that actually, for some people might be surprising for other people. It's not, but I find if I'm having kind of a crappy day, I can listen to it and it just makes me feel better. And that would be the David Crowder band, A Collision. I Great know that choice. that is a, a Christian rock, but if I'm having a bad day, I can put that in and it just always, I don't know, just relaxes me, makes me feel good, which is funny because it's the opposite sort of side of things from my number three. <laughs> on, oh, really? Interesting. On, yeah. Cause um, the album is sort of about like a whole lifetime with Christ. being that, Right you start out and then it ends like when you die that's right sort of how the the theme of the album is Man, and when so i cool. get to number three it's completely opposite <laughs> uh, just
0: a small note like I, I i love that you're talking about i used to be a christian music dj actually yeah. and some of my favorite music still to this day i, I very much consider talking about dc talk as one of my two favorite mm-hmm. uh, as one of my <laughs> artists but uh yeah so yeah. cool Crowder's great. Crowder's great.
1: Yeah. You kind of look like
0: Crowder, actually, with that beard.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. No, I get... Well, no, I don't know. He's... Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just the beard. (laughs) My number nine, I'm counting it as like a concept theme album, even though it's also a soundtrack to a movie, but that would be Prince's Purple Rain. Nice. But to me, it's still a concept album. I'm not... because I. remember correctly he was kind of working on both at the same time Mm -hmm. the movie and the the soundtrack so which one influenced the other i'm not entirely sure right Uh, but in my mind it is a concept in a in a theme album and prince is somebody that because i grew up when he was big that i always liked his songs and then somewhere around 32 33 i was listening to some music and i was like my god Prince is freaking amazing. How did I not recognize that? <laughs> it's like, I knew he was good, but damn, he's really, really good.
0: Right. Yeah. He is like, I mean, he is, he is amazing. He's an all timer. And I, and yeah. I think I was just, you know, it's so funny because we just talked about Michael Jackson. I mean, th- those were the two, those two Madonna obviously ruled the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this, such big debate, like who is the better artist Prince or Michael Jackson. Some people still have that debate today. Prince is yeah, is really really
1: good yeah and you know doesn't matter that the dude was like i don't know five foot apparently he was quite the point guard yeah for real gri- the, the skit's not a joke he was really yeah. good
0: <laughs> yeah the whole uh chappelle show charlie murphy story is is true like he could really really play which is yeah. impressive when you consider how small he was
1: yeah yeah you know
0: yeah
1: you more inches and he maybe he would have been a great nba player who knows yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, number 8, and there'll probably be people that will not agree with where I'm where I'm putting this particular album, but I don't care, it's my list. And that would be Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon.
0: Oh wow. I I, I thought that was a top like 3 for sure.
1: Yeah. Um that album of course is incredible and had Sid not had the issue Sid Barrett had, Dark Side of the Moon never would have happened. And it also was on the, what is it, the top? It's either the top 100 or the top two, 200 for something like 37 years that it that's, was on
0: that's there. That's insane. That is insane. <laughs>
1: I think it hit like this sweet note. It came out with records and then people shifted to eight track. Right. And that was the album that everybody had to have. So they went and bought it on eight track. And then cassettes came out. So everybody went and rebought it on cassette right and cds came out and then everybody went and had to go buy it on <laughs> cd because you had to have it on you know all of these formats and pink floyd is a band that if you listen to it with your kids and you're in the car chances are they're going to like pink floyd and they're going to want to buy it too so
0: yeah yep that's true so absolutely
1: yeah i know that that might be controversial being number eight but it's just how i roll
0: i like it I li- hey this is your list forget what everybody right. else
1: thinks number seven the aforementioned Beatles with Sergeant Pepper's. Nice. You, uh, you can't go wrong with Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah. Or at least I do yeah. not believe you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. no That's it's a great. It's an all time great. I have it on vinyl. Shout out to Larry.
1: Yeah. 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 I have uh, actually. I have it on forty five somewhere. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Heather's nice. dad uh, gave her all of his forty fives of the Beatles, so we have quite a few somewhere in a. Box somewhere
0: <laughs> there's so many tracks on that album yeah I mean so many I mean, it's like two hours of music if I remember right
1: oh it, yeah it, it's like just that. really it's crazy good. yeah if you've never listened to sergeant peppers because of age or whatever you should definitely go and uh, give it a listen I had
0: uh, two of my favorite underrated songs of all time are on that uh, Two of my favorite underrated Beatles songs what was it right. wasn't Maxwell Silverhammer on that or or am I making
1: that up? Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't remember either.
0: I can't remember. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway. Never mind. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting all my Beatles albums mixed up. I just know it's a great album.
1: Yes, definitely it is. Okay. Number six. Once again, it's Pink Floyd and it's Wish You Were Here. I love Wish You Were Here. It's uh, Pink Floyd was never shy to have 20-minute long songs that were preceded by a 90-second song. <laughs> they right. did not. They did not care what standard, you know, (laughs) musical, (laughs) whatever is, whatever they felt like the song needed to be, it was going to be that long and they did not give a crap. And it's also the, uh, the only album of Pink Floyd's where somebody sings the song that is not a member of Pink Floyd. And that's have a cigar. Yeah. Have a cigar is not a band member for whatever reason, the way they were trying to record it, David nor Roger felt that they were doing it right and they were on like take 10 billion or something wow and this the guy that sang it was next door in the studio and his band was recording and he like walked by and i think i could be wrong don't quote me on this but i think the drummer nick mason said why don't we have Bill sing it and he's like all right i'll sing it so he went and got the lyrics and he read you know sort of read it a couple times and they're like this is what we're going for and he went and sang it recorded it i think he did it like two more times and That's the one that ended up on the album. (laughs) Whatever that guy's name is, yeah,
0: right. I had no idea. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's and if you've never heard the actual song "Wish You Were Here," that's that is a musical masterpiece. Yeah, absolutely. Lyrically and the instruments on that. Yep. And uh, anyway, uh, coming in at number five, The Flaming Lips: Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots.
0: Nice. I had a feeling this would be on here. I, I knew. Uh, i I remember from talking to you before that you're a flaming lips guy and yes. all the flaming lips guys and girls that I know always mention this album and i got to be honest I'm not a flaming lips guy just because have i't be. uh, just because I haven't listened to him much but i I know a, of this album
1: yeah it's the theme sort of is about somebody that's going through some sort of like cancer treatment or something and a lot of what's sort of happening is like an internal battle is your fighting against you know this thing that's okay. going on there's some other sort of themes in it as well but it's a, it's definitely a unique album and one of the songs which of course because i'm under pressure now to name it is the uh, official oklahoma rock song that's from yoshimi battles the pink robots oh really yeah do you realize it's do you realize it's the official uh, oklahoma rock song i had no idea yeah and i've i've met wayne several times my podcast with larry i talk about uh, when we took emily to a new year's eve concert and if you haven't heard that one she wore a mask a respirator so my nine-year-old kid wasn't getting high from all the dope smoking <laughs> 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 we weren't that bad of parents. <laughs> that bad not that bad right 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 <laughs> That's and right. then uh Number four is uh, an album that I have listened to a ton as I was in the United States Army on deployment, going to the field for training back in the day when you had a CD Walkman. Yes. I, I insanely know this album probably way more than I would appear that I would when you see me in my Paul Santa Claus fatness walking around. <laughs> And that is Nine Inch Nails, the Downward Spiral.
0: Nice, that was a great album.
1: Yeah, it is. It is the best album about somebody going crazy and wanting to commit suicide. There is, I dare say, it is yeah. a dark, dark album.
0: <laughs> yes, it is very, very dark.
1: But it is fantastic. And if you can, if you're not somebody that likes sort of that industrial sort of rock, you might still like this one. Some of the songs hit pretty hard, but it's. Hey, uh,
0: Johnny Cash was a big fan
1: yeah oh yeah it on hurt there's the argument of who sang it better people are generally the johnny cash argument wins i think they both are equally good because the context is different based on who sings it when johnny cash sings it, it's a guy who's close to being 80 who's looking back on his entire life and the changes he would have made but when trent is singing it from nine inch Nails, it's a guy who's had all those issues that sort of are the theme of the album and he's looking back on, should I, you know, change and everything. So it's weird how just who sings it changes the context of the song. Right,
0: right. So. No, you're absolutely, no, you're absolutely right. Like two completely different meanings. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, I love both versions, like legitimately love both versions. I would probably, I'd probably go with Johnny Cash just because of, I do feel like it's a man in the life looking back at his life. But man, you can't go wrong with either one.
1: Yeah, yeah. It with me it's sort of which day of the week you hit me on. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And so, moving on to number 3, which is the opposite of number 10 and that is the Flaming Lips the Soft Bulletin. The Soft okay. Bulletin looks at living life and people dying from an atheist viewpoint. <laughs>
0: so oh, so com- that there's the opposite of the Crow- of the Crowder album.
1: Yeah, it is the complete opposite, but you know, I'm a mystery wrapped in a riddle, so that's how I can say I like both songs or both albums. Hey,
0: <laughs> but, diversity! That's what's yeah. great about music.
1: um His when he was looking back and writing the soft bulletin, it was shortly after his father had died and spent uh, a long battle with cancer. Oh, and wow, so that's where some of the the themes come from. And one of the songs is like the perfect song after a loved one dies, and he's just talking about how you know you're sitting there folding your laundry, and then all of a sudden that person that you love pops in your head. And, suddenly everything has changed because you realize that person isn't there. Oh, wow! And it, it's sort of, you sort of unique like that. There's other stuff that on waiting for a Superman, it points out that if we lived in a world with Superman, when someone you love is dying, it doesn't matter how strong Superman is. He can't lift that pain from you or yeah. save it, <laughs> which is something only Wayne coined could come up with. I'm sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So anyway, and then, uh, Number two, and this is probably the one that's going to cause the most controversy from people based upon the location of another one on this list, and that is Pink Floyd Animals. Really? Okay. Yeah. It is about capitalism and money and, you know, how you got to get ahead in the corporate world by stabbing people in the back and, <laughs> and sort of all of that. And it doesn't get the, The play or the notoriety that Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, or The Wall Get. But in my opinion, well, obviously, I think it's on my theme album. It's number two. It's fantastic. Got great lyrics. Is, As a matter of fact, it has one of my favorite song lyrics of all time, which is in the song Dogs. And the lyric is, it's too late to lose the weight you used to need to throw around. That's pretty good. That's some that's some pretty deep crap because I've known people like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I got to be honest. I've never really listened to because it really have any. uh, I like Pink Floyd a lot. I I love Pink Floyd, but uh, it's probably my least listened to Pink Floyd album just because it doesn't really have any quote unquote hits on it.
1: Yeah, there was nothing. I don't think there was airplay on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so.
1: But it's because like it's a 60 second song. 17-minute song, 16-minute song, like a 20-minute song, and then a 90-second song. <laughs> so oh, yeah, it's wow. kind of hard to get radio airplay off that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you know, they don't like oh, yeah. songs that have 18-minute time lengths.
0: I, I worked in radio for 10 years, and I can promise you I never played an 18-minute song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, leads me to number one. And everybody knows theme albums. there's a big major one that I currently have not mentioned, and that would be Pink Floyd's the Wall." And I
0: assume, yes, yeah, nice. that is uh
1: that's probably top three for most people if you were doing theme albums because it's probably the maybe the best executed theme concept album out there. It's very very good. Once again, it couldn't have been possible had Sid not had the issues he had. And then Roger Waters sort of combined it with his anger of growing up fatherless because his dad died stopping Hitler. And uh, Roger was kind of mad there for a while about that. I think he's gotten over it finally. And uh, congratulations to him. He got married there at the end of uh, November. So I hope that uh, his what, his marriage with his new wife is is a nice one. Yeah, if he's never listened to the wall.
0: You know you're Pink foot, like all their... All the personal stuff, like current day. That's impressive. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Roger is one of the few celebrities that I follow on social media.
0: <laughs> nice. I didn't know that he was on social media. That's cool. i have to, I have to find him.
1: But uh, Well, the band Pink Floyd Social Media, they put Roger's stuff on there, too. That's actually how I found out he got married. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he, they have this weird relationship. Him and David don't like each other at all, but they always post roger waters stuff
0: huh really
1: yeah it it's just weird him and david have quite the history
0: i had no well i knew that there was some history there but you know i i, I just knew it kind of from a distance like yeah. i like pink floyd i'm a pink floyd fan, but i'm not like a hardcore pink floyd fan so like the interpersonal so i knew there was some stuff but i didn't know yeah. how deep all that ran uh but man so talented and and the yeah. wall i mean the wall and dark side of the moon when you said you're going to do theme albums i mean those were the first two that i thought of and yeah. i'm not saying they would be my one and two but they were the, the two that i knew that i would put on my list and just looking at it from a pure song standpoint like comfortably numb uh of course another brick on the wall i mean it's so many good songs on the wall how many yeah. i mean there's just so many songs on it. is it is it comfortably numb on there or am yeah, I losing yeah. my head? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, it's such a good album. Is Hey You on there as well? Yep. Yeah. Hey
1: You's on there. Yeah. Uh, Run is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the album. Yeah, the whole album is weird and well, it's not. People always know the walls about doing drugs. Direct- no, actually, it's not. It's about a guy that was going crazy. It's a theme of mine. I'm. I should be worried. I think I need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but it's about that and how when you're a band, you know, touring and making money is the thing that you have to do. And how far will other people that control the band, what will they do to you to get you to perform when you can't perform is sort of right. part of the theme. Right. That, that's going on there. And funny note, you know, there's always the uh, there's that phone call where the operator keeps calling and he keeps the, she keeps going. I have a collect call from a Mr. Floyd to a Mrs. Floyd. Will you accept the charges? And then the guy answers and he keeps hanging up. She's all keeps hanging up. I don't know why. <laughs> so <laughs> Roger was, I, th- he, I think it was in LA and he was mixing it. He decided he needed that scene. So he was prank calling Nick Mason, the drummer. So mm-hmm. when he answers, of course, you know, LA and London, quite the time difference <laughs> And so Nick was asleep when he was calling. And so he was literally being woke up from sleep and he's all hello. (laughs) (laughs) And he he thought he was getting prank called. So he kept hanging up.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That was probably one of the nicer things Roger Waters. did. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, they, uh, there was a definite uh, lot of fantastic music that Pink Floyd put out over the years
0: yeah absolutely that they're they're just a great band i mean like yeah. just overall like that so i i guess i'm kind of a poser because I, I really only know their hits but it i love all their hits. like I, I probably have um i don't know like 30 pink floyd songs on like all my playlists mm-hmm. uh, but i'll be honest i haven't done like deep dives and like i couldn't tell you like the deep cuts uh, right. that's one thing that i should probably do just because i when you like a band hits as much as I like Pink Floyd's hits, there's a good chance that you're going to love a lot of their, their deep cuts and B-sides yeah. as well, and I haven't, I haven't taken that dive yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. As I've mentioned before, I'll say it again on this podcast, when we used to drive to Indiana to visit family, the kids were in the car, I would always slap in my Pink Floyd The Wall double CD, sing and perform the entirety of the album for my children, Nice. during the course of that 10-hour drive where they had no choice but to listen to it. Nice. And strangely, they still like The Wall. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you did something right then. That's let great. that be
1: a lesson to you. Sometimes brainwashing <laughs> your children works. <laughs> 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 so anyway, uh, that's my uh, top 10 theme albums. And I'm going to let you go go ahead and get to your second, which is, I'm assuming now the second all time uh, selling band in at least the U S, but I would probably say the world too, since Michael Jackson's the number one in the world. So yeah. So, Thrillers,
0: so Thriller is the number one selling uh, album in the world. Uh, and just in America, so it's always between Thriller and then the Eagles greatest hits. Uh, and so I'm going to talk about the Eagles. Uh, they are one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do think, I'll say this from the start, I think it's kind of cheap that a Greatest Hits album is, is one of the best selling of all time, because mm-hmm. it's not really fair, it's kind of an unfair advantage to, that a Greatest Hits would be right. one of the top <laughs> sellings, I mean, it's, it's kind of cheap, but whatever, uh, it, it works for the theme of, of putting Michael Jackson and the Eagles, two of my favorite right. artists uh, together, and just so completely opposite, I mean you got like pop, R&B, soul dance, and then the Eagles are like this country rock california rock uh southern rock however you want to classify them another reason i'll tell you i I want to talk about the eagles is because they weirdly have a lot of hate like they're one of the biggest artists of all time and they have all these great hits but it's just not cool to like the eagles for some reason have you do you know that like First of all, do you like the the Eagles? Yeah, and I'm yeah. fine if you don't. Yeah, okay. No, I do.
1: I do. do you, I, have, do you know I even like the Glenn Fry solo hits from uh, the '80s.
0: Yeah, and that's another reason why I want to talk about them because they, they each kind of branched. There's so much talent. Each of them branched off and became like this huge solo artist as well. Um, that's how talented they were. But I. I do you know the stigma though? Like this weird, like, it's not cool to like, it's kind of cool to hate the Eagles for some reason. And I don't know if it was like started by the big Lebowski. Like remember when the dude is in the in the taxi and the, the taxi driver is playing uh, the Eagles and, and the dude's like, listen, man, I've had a bad night. And I, I hate the effing Eagles. And do you remember that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah, that. So- maybe that is, maybe that is it
0: i don't know mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's like because they're considered like dad rock and like you know it's not cool anymore like they didn't say i don't yeah. know i don't know what it is
1: uh that god awful country album where all those country stars remade eagle songs oh and gosh they were yeah. all horrific
0: that, that was terrible uh I, the first argument my wife and i ever got into my favorite <laughs> uh my favorite eagle song of all time is desperado absolutely right. love it i think it's i think it's just a great song It came on the radio and she started singing along and I was so happy. I was like, whoa, because she doesn't know a lot of the the music. She grew up, she listened to to mostly country music and Christian music. Uh, So she didn't know a lot of the music that I do. And so I kind of like when we were dating, I'd have her listen to, we called it music education. (laughs) And I had her listen to a lot of the uh, stuff that I love. And so she started singing Desperado. I was like, whoa, you know, Desperado, this is awesome. She was like, yeah, well, you know, I, I told you, I grew up listening to, to Clint Black. I was like, oh, my gosh. She thought Clint Black sang it because he's, I guess he redid it on that country album of all Eagles. I got so irritated that she knew Desperado, not because of the Eagles, but but because of Clint Black. Black. She'll tell you, if you you walked into the living room right now and asked her what your first argument was, she would say, oh, it's when I said that Clint Black sang Desperado. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But the Eagles they're a great band and they have so many hits. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous the amount of hits that they have and how big they are. And, and I love the diversity. I'm mean, like, I said, you know, the, they're kind of Southern California country rock, but, but really that they, they, it's more than just that they, they have, you know, they're great with ballads. Uh, if you're talking like best of my Love," take it to the mm-hmm. limit, uh, lion eyes, uh, that's not really a, a, typical ballad, peaceful, easy feeling. But then, you know, when they do rock, I mean, they have some great rock songs like Victim of Love or Heartache Tonight, uh, yeah. Life in the Fast Lane. And then you got like this all-timer song, like Hotel California, probably top five rock song of all time. Like as far as like popularity and standing in the test of time and iconic and all those things. So they have kind of that in their arsenal. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and of course, that, that's such a great song, uh, lyrically and, and, and poetically and all those things. And that was the thing. I really like the lyrics. A lot of them. I love story songs. They had some great story songs like mm-hmm. Lion Eyes. Yeah. Uh, then they had like these great chill songs like Take It Easy. Like they had like these cool like, I don't even know how to describe Witchy Woman, but it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And then they had like just tracks like Those Shoes. I don't know if you know Those Shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they' just got so many, so many different sounds and then they added Joe Walsh and he kind of brought this whole other element uh, as far as his gar- guitar playing goes and I yeah, love
1: that's definitely him a whole other element.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah so yeah yeah he really is. Uh,
1: describes him perfectly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> but uh, so I want to talk about the Eagles uh, their hotel California album just alone. Uh, It's kind of ridiculous when you look at uh, what was on that Hotel California album. It it seems like a greatest hits album all on its own. Let me pull up the tracks on that. Um, Here we go. So Hotel California had, obviously, title track, then Life in the Fast Lane. Mm -hmm. Uh, New Kid in Town was a hit, uh, Victim of Love. And then I don't know if you've heard. Now, they are a band that I know all their deep cuts as well. Wasted Time. It's an all-time great yeah. song and and so is the last resort such a great song that album is just it's 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 one that uh when i listen to it it takes me back like i remember when i first started falling in love with the eagles uh and i really i'll be honest i just got into them because uh, of hotel california like right uh you know they're like heartache tonight and things like that it's like, i need to listen more eagles and it, I realized as I was listening, I was like, oh, they sing this. Oh, they sing this. Oh, they sing. And this was in high school. I remember yeah. this happened in high school. And, you know, I graduated in the 90s. And so it's not like people were listening to the Eagles while in the 90s. But I was like discovering them. how yeah, hell falling. hadn't
1: frozen over yet.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, it, that's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So I fell in love with, you know, while everybody else was listening to like Chumbawamba and, and, uh, <laughs> And like Pearl Jam and and Nirvana, I was discovering, you know, the the Eagles discography. And I just got really, really into them. And I didn't realize how much of their I grew up with a mom who was kind of a hippie. And so she grew up listening to a lot of stuff like the Eagles. And that's where I got it from. Uh, I just didn't know how many of the songs I knew were actually them. They just got hit after hit after hit after hit. Like that, that greatest hits album is just ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. They had to yeah. do two two separate greatest hits, but that first one is the one that's you know one of the all time sellers. Take it easy, lion Ice, desperado, tequila sunrise, peaceful yeah. easy feeling, witchy woman, already gone, one of these nights, take it to the limit, the best of my love. Uh, and maybe that's the thing too, because you know a lot of those are kind of soft rock songs, and they're considered this rock album. And rock, especially in the '70s, was considered this one thing when you have like Led Zeppelin and you know uh, Black Sabbath and that was like rock rock and then you got the Eagles like they were this rock band but they're also singing you know best of my love and take it to the limit like kind of this so maybe that was a part of the stigma I don't know all I know is the Eagles are ridiculously talented when you look at like the sum of their parts like the individual members of the Eagles I mean Don Henley to me is one of the all time great voices he's got this like kind of raw uh, Mm. feeling to his voice that just I just love the sound of Don Henley's Boys, and then when I found out he was also the drummer, my mind was blown. Right? Like how can you like? How can you be a drummer and uh, sing at the same time? Like I couldn't even like get the concept of that. That seemed amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then you got Glenn Fry, uh, Glenn Fry, and they wrote most of the songs together. I mean, all the guys chipped in, but but most of the songs mostly done by Glenn Fry and Don Henley, great songwriters. Uh, Timothy B. Schmidt, probably the most underrated guy, but even he on his own, had his own solo hit. Uh, oh, gosh, what was it? Now it's slipping my mind.
1: Yeah, and he was uh, in... A, what band was he in, too, other than his solo hit? He,
0: he was. He was in another band. Uh, wasn't he... Oh, he was in Poco. And then he was in the Ringo Starr, like, all-star band. And wasn't he... Toto? Yeah. Was it Toto? No, or, no I think he, he did do something with Toto. And, like, he did something with Steely Dan... He, yeah. he like he he worked with all these people like it wasn't just the eagles like yeah. he, he he was kind of all over the place and he's kind of like the the one that people forget uh timothy b schmidt uh, yeah, larry's gonna yeah. listen to this and he's gonna be screaming at me that i can't remember his solo hit but whatever larry get over it uh yeah. <laughs> um, but then uh, so you got don henley uh and of course he had i love his solo stuff too he had so many great songs from like Boys of Summer, Dirty Laundry, yeah. uh, The End of the Ah, oh, Gosh, he's got so many good I, ones.
1: I strangely also like the Atari's remake of Boys of Summer. And I like how they changed it from uh, the bumper sticker, you know, on the car from Deadhead to uh, Black Flag. I've always oh, did thought, they? You know, yeah. Um, I think it came out in like 99, something like that. It, I awesome. just always felt no that idea. it was awesome that they changed that one thing because it completely made it like modern. <laughs> right? That's
0: amazing. I had no idea. That's that's really, really cool. I need to listen to it. I, I haven't heard their version.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it's pretty good. Obviously, it's, his is better. Um, It's right. not a Nine Inch Nails Johnny Cash thing, but it it's good. It's a serviceable. Uh, it's a pretty darn good remake, actually. It's not serviceable. It's better than that.
0: But. That's cool. I didn't know that. I, I need to listen. To that. I'll listen to that tonight, actually, after we get off. Uh, but yeah, Don Henley's great. Then of course Glenn Frey, uh, and everybody knows what what Glenn Frey did. Randy Mesner, uh, Don Felder. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, just so much individual talent. Uh, and then you got Joe Walsh when they added Joe Walsh, and of course you know his solo hits. Life's been good and uh, Rocky Mountain Way. Like he's just, and then like you said, his personality. But then his his guitar playing like was so like kind of
1: pioneering
0: yeah. at the time. They just individually had all these great solo talents. And then collectively, uh, it's kind of like Voltron. Like, they became <laughs> right, like, right. Some, like this whole, whole <laughs> other beast. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just want to give a little special shout, shout out to the Eagles because it kind of broke my yeah. heart once I, I realized that they get a lot of like kind of like unearned uh, hate for hate. some reason. I guess it's just not cool to like the Eagles. But to me, uh, one of the all time great bands.
1: It'll shift back around.
0: Yeah, People you're probably them. right. That's usually the way it goes. You're, you're probably yeah. right about that. It probably yeah. will shift back around.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to the surprise. Your honorable mention, one song doesn't matter time frame style type that you just always liked.
0: Man, this is so much pressure because there's so many songs. I was like, how do I pick one? But I like this. This is fun for me. Uh, I know. I'm going to, man, I, I, I have somebody I want to say right now. Ah, hold on, Jack. Give me, give me two seconds because I got like three <laughs> songs in my head uh, that I want to choose between. Um, okay, 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 okay. I think uh, I want to get like I have all these songs,
1: you, but I want get, to get like
0: a, No, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you go first. That way, I can go right. down in my head.
1: You think about it. This will this will actually tie into my honorable mention theme because my first honorable mention was Edie Brickell.
0: Nice. And then I
1: followed that up with Lisa Loeb from the nineties. Nice. So, so now my theme is another one-hit wonder, but I'm going to put, bring it up into the the odds, and that would be Vanessa Carlton's "A Thousand Miles."
0: Nice. That okay. girl could
1: play her some piano. I don't know why they didn't. Her other songs didn't get airplay. She uh, she even remade a Rolling Stone song, "Paint It Black," and it's really good. Really, her, the album that that was on is good. And then she was also the. Uh, Accounting, Chris, Big Yellow Taxi. She's the ba 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 pop singer in that video. But yeah, that's my my theme. I I don't think I can have a one hit wonder female artist after 2010 because I I don't. I've only listened to like Glenn Hansard and the Flaming Lips new albums since that time. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Uh, that that was a good choice. I like that. I like this. Is a fun. Uh, I'm gonna go with the song that I recently discovered, and okay. th- this this comes out of nowhere. It's a, it's because it's an artist that I always just kind of like thought was goofy, and I like right. not like a serious artist because all I really knew from him was uh, the Carlton song, you know, from Fresh Prince. It's not unusual, yeah. Uh, so, like to me, I'm talking about Tom Jones, yeah, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, ah, Tom Jones. Like, That's he did, fantastic. He did he did, he did the Carlton song. But then I found out, uh, I, I discovered he's got some other great songs. Like I fell in love with the song Delilah that he did because I, mm-hmm. I saw the American Hustle uh, movie and they played Delilah. And I was like, that's a great song. I found out that was Tom Jones. So I recently discovered this song from Tom Jones called I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it is one of the greatest vocal performances I've ever heard. Like it, his voice is that good. Wow. Uh, so, so if you're listening, listen to the song, Tom Jones, it looks like I'll never fall in love again. It, it just blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. So I no longer think of him as just the, the Carlton dance guy. Uh, cause he's actually like supremely talented.
1: That's awesome. Hey, now yeah, that's awesome. Actually, while you were saying that you made me think of, I'm going to have a second real quick honorable mention. Who was that? The actor who played number two in the Austin power movies, uh, robert
0: uh yeah robert uh oh my gosh uh it is robert uh gosh, i cannot think of
1: yeah he was well oh, he was uh, a singer also
0: he was
1: and um robert wagner <laughs> yeah robert wagner he was a singer also and my kids loved the cartoon recess yeah and one of the kids on there he was uh he was sort of the big sort of chubby kid but he could sing. And Robert Wagner was his singing voice. (laughs) That's awesome. I don't know how they got him to do that. And on the soundtrack, go find the soundtrack for the Recess movie because Uh he sings Green Tambourine.
0: (laughs) Nice.
1: It is is so great, (laughs) especially when you see the, the cartoon version of them singing it and it's all 70s hippies and acid tripping and everything (laughs) it's robert wagner singing green tambourine
0: (laughs) that's amazing that is amazing okay i'm gonna check that out i had no idea i had no idea
1: and one other thing i thought of i think i'm gonna do a special do it in the summer i need to have three other people join me and we are going to have the great debate of who is the better lead singer of van halen david lee Roth. Sammy Hagar,
0: nice because I have a, I very much have an opinion on this.
1: I'm, a, I'm team, I'm team Sammy.
0: So I thought you would be, and and it makes sense if you're talking from a talent perspective, like just the voice. I think Sammy is better, but I swag. I'm team, David wins. I, I'm team David Lee Roth.
1: Well, yeah. Okay, so we each need to find another person for our side. Yeah, we'll, re- we'll record it in June.
0: I, I'm down for that because I, I I would love to have that argument because it's yeah. funny because I don't think that David Lee Roth is a, is a very good singer at all, but I think he is a great lead man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sammy Hagar is one of the few. I tend to think that most actors and musicians are probably giant dickheads and I wouldn't want to spend five <laughs> minutes with them. Right. But I guarantee you that if Sammy Hagar knocked on your door because he got a flat tire and you invited him in to have a drink, he would probably sit there and talk to you for three, four, five hours and just drink and tell you about his life.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he seems like a really cool dude.
1: Yeah. Okay, that went off the rails a little bit. But yeah, no. Okay, you got to find your uh, your team, David Lee Roth.
0: I'll my wife my is team
1: David Lee Roth.
0: Oh, well, um, sounds like I found my, my tag team yeah. partner then. And nice. uh,
1: I, I believe Larry's team Sammy.
0: I'm almost positive he's team Sammy. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> he is.
1: I don't know if Larry would let anyone get a word in edgewise though. That's a pretty passionate topic for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Th- n- now that you say that, I, I, that makes me want to argue with him even more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's uh, I guess we're going to, I don't think we'll have a problem getting them to agree to do it, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: awesome. That's fantastic. It'll be a special bonus episode
0: awesome man in the future
1: yeah well um i think we've i've had a lot of fun tonight talking about all of this stuff and hopefully in the future when you guys are all listening to this you've enjoyed it learned a few things go give some of these songs and artists a listen if you've never listened to them brandon i appreciate you coming on i'm sure it was nice for you to not talk about lou Dort for for a bit (laughs) that's
0: true yeah that is one of the the main topics I always talking about on these podcasts is Lou Dort. So yeah, this is this is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Tom- tomorrow, I'll be back on the radio and I'll be talking about Lou Dort and Shea Gilders Alexander. But it was fun to talk about uh, Glenn Fry and and uh, Don Henley yeah. for a night.
1: Hey, if I could get paid for talking about sports, I would do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a good gig. I'll say that.
1: Yeah I, yeah,
0: I I very much enjoy. I I do it for free, so I'll say that.
1: No, he that was a lie. If anyone from the franchise is listening, he was <laughs> that was his wife impersonating him. Yeah, he, right. he wants a pay raise.
0: Right, <laughs> <laughs> guys, let
1: Steely go. He you got some extra money now. <laughs>
0: That's true.
1: You know, Sam Mays isn't working there anymore, so you've got.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might
1: be a touchy subject. Sorry. <laughs>
0: That's right. It's just edited out post.
1: <laughs> yeah, my, my one listener that listens from Greece is probably going, what the hell?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I appreciate you coming on. And, Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and end the show with my traditional ending. Once again, I know that I never am successful at living up to this standard. because It's a high bar to reach, but remember, try to live your life in a way that would make Mr. Rogers proud. Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe
0: or follow button.